be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I already gave you a warning when I was with you the second time. I now repeat it while absent. On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier or any of the others, since you are demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me. He is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For, to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him in our dealing with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Chari. Shall we pray uh, as we come to God's word tonight? Heavenly Father, your word in the Bible is powerful. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this letter, 2 Corinthians, that we've been journeying through on these months. Thank you, Lord, for how you've been speaking to us about how your strength and your power is shown in weakness. And Lord, as we come to this text this evening, we pray would you come by your Holy Spirit and speak to us and give us open hearts and minds and spirits to receive what you have for us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as Eleanor mentioned, we're concluding our series going through 2 Corinthians, which we started uh, back in June. So we're doing it at the end of last term and through the summer. Um, And the title we gave the series was Treasure in Jars of Clay, God's Strength in Our Weakness. And and the the passage we've heard, read just now, is quite a heavy passage. Uh, It's Paul circling around at the end of his letter to deal with some of these big issues that were facing the Corinthian church. But I just want to, in particular, hone in on on the the last few, the kind of last phrase uh, that he uses, where he says, we are weak in him, that is Jesus, yet by God's power we will live with him. So what we're looking at this evening is what what does it mean to live by God's power? What can we learn from how Paul uh, was approaching his life, his way of following Jesus in this particular situation that he was in with these particular issues? What does that mean for us to live um, with God's power? Um, And as we heard, for Paul, this involved addressing some serious issues Um, of sinful living, um, of uh, uh, the Corinthians kind of being confused and questioning over kind of their leadership and and seeing him and being in some ways really unimpressed with Paul. And we've seen this time and time again uh, in 1 and 2 Corinthians. Actually, if you look back in 1 Corinthians, there's uh, there's all sorts of stuff going on in this, uh, this group of believers, including kind of incest, uh, prostitution, um, you know, uh, sex in ways that God did not intend. And, and Paul is speaking into this. And really, Paul shows us that living a life that's characterized by 
um, God's power is actually kind of flips it completely on its head and it's actually living with Christ-like weakness. So to live by God's power is actually to have a Christ-like weakness. And that's what I want to dig into um, tonight. And Paul picks this up even right at the start of the first letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians in the first chapter. He says, God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. God loves to choose those things which seem weak, which are weak in a kind of worldly and human sense to, uh, to show and carry his power. And when we're thinking about kind of weakness and what, uh, what weaknesses we might have uh, in our own lives, I wonder if a helpful definition is anything by which you might be discounted from blessing or leading others um, for God. You might be discounting yourself or others might be discounting you. Anything which might kind of disqualify you, might make you seem not good enough uh, or not powerful enough. That might be, I don't know, your background or your circumstances or your upbringing or things that are going on in your life. It might be health. I wonder, what are the weaknesses that you kind of feel in your own, in your own life? Things that perhaps you feel might discount you um, for loving and blessing others in Jesus' name. And we know that Paul had extraordinary gifts, didn't we? You know, he was courageous. He was abandoned for God. He was highly educated. He was a Roman citizen. He was a brilliant communicator. But he also had weaknesses. Uh, in, back in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about, he says, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away. It's almost kind of sense of, oh, it's in 2 Corinthians, um, sense of, um, yeah, just kind of in his letters being able to be very direct, and yet in person somehow kind of diminished or unimpressive. Um, and just across the page, back in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about his thorn in the flesh. Um, and Eleanor was preaching on that just uh, two weeks ago. You know, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And you know, we don't quite know what this is, if it was a kind of a physical impairment of some kind or spiritual attack or something. But Paul suffered with this. It was a weakness. He had weaknesses just like you and me. I wondered if perhaps we just leave a, a moment's pause just to bring to mind, actually, what are the things that I feel might discount me from living for Jesus, living a powerful life for God? And perhaps let's just hold those in our mind, in our heart, as we go through and see how Paul speaks into this, how living a life of power for God actually comes from the place of Christ's light weakness. I've just got three reflections um, on this about Christ's light weakness. The first is that Christ's light weakness is centered on Christ. Now, that might sound really obvious, but 
our weakness, that's something that we might feel discounts us in serving God, can only become Christ-like if we bring it to Jesus. I think so often uh, we can try and bury these things or ignore them or try and hold on to them ourselves or make a crutch out of them or like just be like, okay, I've just got to try and fix this and just get, I don't know, this thing, this, this training, this, go through this course, I don't know, um, before we come to Jesus. And that's actually, that's to be profoundly self-centered in our weakness. That's not to be Christ-like uh, with our weakness. And I think the way, the way that we do this, the way that Paul did this, is finding ourselves in Jesus' story. You know, identifying ourselves with Jesus just as he has identified himself with us. And that, I mean, that involves really getting to know Jesus, getting to know those gospel stories, those encounters that he had uh, with people and the shape of his life. Um, the word Christian, as I'm sure you know, literally means little Christ. So there's a sense in which to follow Jesus is to embody his life that we see uh, in the Bible. And, you know, Jesus' life was limited, wasn't it? This is the Son of God. He's the second person of the Trinity involved in creating the universe who left his majesty in heaven. He was born into the world as a helpless baby. Uh, he came from a backwater town. He had no impressive education. He wasn't wealthy. Uh, he was limited to a small geographical area. He faced opposition. And ultimately, of course, he died an undeserving death, humiliating criminal's death on a cross. And it's the cross that Paul draws on in particular in all his writings about the Christian life, and so too here. And we were singing it earlier, weren't we, about, our, you know, we were saying we will go and be crucified with Jesus, if that's the way to transformation, which it is. In Galatians, Paul writes his famous words, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And then in our passage tonight, he, that is Jesus, is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him in our dealing with you. So to be a Christian, to follow Jesus, is to have our whole selves, our warts and our weaknesses and all, put to death, hung up there on the cross with Jesus, and raised to new life with him. So really, this is just an encouragement. Let's bring our whole selves to Jesus. Let's not leave those things which we're we feel hold us back or discount us at the door when we come to Jesus, when we come to the cross. God wants all of you, and he wants to use all of you, even with those things which you might see as weak and others might see as weak in you. Christ-like weakness is centered on Christ. And secondly, Christ-like weakness depends on God's power and not our own. I'm fascinated by the way that Paul approaches um, exercising his authority here. 
um, you know, in the face of these major issues of brokenness and, and sinful living and his authority being questioned and rejected, he could slam the hammer down and be like, right, guys, I'm in charge here. This is what's going to happen. But instead, he writes this. I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you and I'll be grieved over the many who have sinned earlier and have not repented. There's a sense here that Paul is going to weep, just break down and weep as he comes and visits at his Corinthian Christian family. Like, that's not, humanly, that's not a powerful, that's not a power play. You know, that's not a powerful position or posture to take. And yet, Paul, in his Christ-like weakness, depends on God's power, not his own. Even in dealing with this really serious issue, these, these very complex issues uh, which the Corinthians are facing. And, you know, we live in a culture in the West which is completely obsessed with the power of the self. Like, it's, it's just so hard for us even to imagine any other way of doing life. You know, we're obsessed with self-actualization, whether that's your identity um, or your career or your studies, like, um, or your productivity. You know, and we live at a time, we look at, look, just looking at the international political stage, dominated by personalities. Uh, we live in a culture of professionalization and, like, micromanagement. And this deeply affects how we understand ourselves, even in the church, and the way we do things. We need to be, yeah, just so careful in the way that we approach this, in the way we follow Jesus. And yet, to live in Christ-like weakness is to depend on the power of God, not the power of the self, not the power of plans or strategies, uh, or just kind of seeing my dreams come true. It's, it's, it's depending on God, the one who loves to use that which is lowly, that which is despised, that which is weak, to nullify the things that are. I just wonder, are we, are we prepared to truly live this way? Am I truly prepared to live this way? Are we prepared to show that humility that Paul did, that he was willing to do, uh, when the world is just pushing us towards solving things with human power? Um, I've been involved um, in Alpha for a number of years, and over the last uh, year here at St. Paul's, and, you know, Alpha is a wonderful tool uh, for um, just exploring questions of faith. And of course, you know, it's got the videos, the branding, the big budget. But I, where I've got really seen God at work is where we get to know each other as a community, and we can open up in our weakness. And I've just seen God's power time and time again come and in people encounter Jesus in that place. So I don't know if you're feeling in that place. Come on, Alpha. Come and be curious about what the Lord is doing in you and others. Um, and another example which comes to mind, um, a living example, is uh, Jackie Pullinger. Uh, Jackie Pullinger, uh, you might have heard of her. Uh, she is a uh, missionary um, based in Hong Kong, and um, so she went over to Hong Kong in the 1960s. She has a, 
this uh, amazing story of just getting on a boat um, with kind of 10 pounds in her pocket and waiting until God told her to get off. And she gets off in Hong Kong and has this amazing ministry there um, in the walled city, this lawless area of Hong Kong, um, seeing uh, kind of uh, gang members and uh, drug addicts and, and prostitutes um, coming to Jesus and being healed uh, supernaturally. And uh, Jackie Pullinger came to speak at Ridley Hall, where I trained uh, for ministry. And we were so excited for her to come because we'd heard all these legendary stories, you know, about her. And she comes in, and she's just, she's this very small, kind of frail lady. She's, um, you know, she's in her 70s now. She went out when she was a young woman. Um, and she spoke. And there was just such a power <laughs> in the way she spoke. She didn't it wasn't like she was hiding from or projecting anything, um, but there was just a real Christ-like, a Christ-like weakness which spoke really powerfully to us. Um, a life that's abandoned for God and depending on his power, absolutely. So Christ-like weakness depends on power. And thirdly, Christ-like weakness has wounds. Um, I want to share a quote from um, Henry uh, Nouwen, who uh, was a, a brilliant Roman Catholic writer, who was a priest, a, um, a writer on the Christian life. And he wrote this book called The Wounded Healer in the 1970s. And this is what he wrote. I find it profoundly challenging. Jesus has given us, has given this story of new fullness by making his own broken body the way to hell, to liberation and the new life. Thus, like Jesus, who proclaims liberation, um, is called not only to care for his own wounds and the wounds of others, but also to make his wounds into a major source of his healing power. What now I'm saying is that in our very woundedness, in our very weakness, that's where God can and does work great blessing and healing for others. Like, and we see this in Jesus, don't we? Um, it's really significant, significant that when Jesus is raised back to life, his wounds from the cross aren't erased, but they're glorified. He still has those marks in his hands and a spear um, in his side. And also in Paul, I mean, we just look across the page again at chapters 11 and 12, Paul is recounting all the sufferings he's been through, all that he's been through. Just in, back in chapter 11, he's saying, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. Spent a night and a day in the open sea. And of course, his thorn in the flesh, you know. These things stayed with him. But he allowed them to be glorified by God. And so Christ-like weakness isn't immaculate, isn't like spotless, without blemish, but it's redeemed and glorified. So, church, let's allow our wounds, let's allow our weaknesses, those things which discount us, whatever they might be, to be glorified by God. God who can take a test and turn it into a testimony. And I know this, like, a lot of us will be, will have things in our lives which actually are really deep, um, and there's a lot of pain there. And please don't hear me wrong. This isn't to say you need to bring everything out 
um, into the light. But what I do want to do is just encourage us on that process, be on that process, that journey uh, with God. Take a fresh look and recognize where we might have discounted ourselves from living a Christian life of power for our own weaknesses, our shortcomings, and bring it to Jesus. And we'll have a time for that. We'll pray together in just a moment, bringing those things, giving opportunity to look to Jesus in them. Let Jesus glorify that which is weak amongst us. So just to bring us in uh, to land before we worship and then uh, come to receive communion together, let's seek to live powerful lives for Jesus. But rather than settle for what seems powerful in the world's eyes, let's live out a Christ-like weakness that gives space, actually, for God's power to be worked out. Let's find ourselves in Jesus' story, his death, his resurrection. Let's depend on God's power, not our own self-actualization, however tempting that might be. And let's seek to bless others despite and even through our own wounds, our own, you know, where the world has taken its toll on us. And let's not underestimate the power of Christ-like weakness, because that is the very place in which God loves to act. I just want to read again that, that key verse from our passage before we pray together. Jesus is not weak in dealing with you but is powerful among you. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we will live with him in our dealing with you. I wonder if just have a time to pray. I wonder if you would stand with me. Perhaps the band wants to come up. Um, and let's just have a time. Let's make this personal. You might want to close your eyes. You might want to um, just reach your hands out in front of you like to receive, receiving a gift from God. And offer before Jesus an area where you feel weak or an area where, I don't know, the church feels weak in the world's eyes. Jesus, we want to live lives that are characterized uh, by your life. Lord, for some of us, we know full well what our weaknesses are, those things that have discounted us, either from ourselves or others. And Lord, we just offer them before you and say, Lord, would you... Make a way for them to be glorified, to bring blessing. We'll, where we have been wounded, those wounds to, he, to bring healing in the name of Jesus to others. And for other of us, perhaps we're not, not quite sure. Lord, pray, I pray, would you, if there are areas in our lives that, that are holding us back from living for you, would you, um, and perhaps if we're not aware of them, bring them gently to our attention. Thank you, Lord, that you're so kind and gentle in the way you deal with us. 
thank you, Lord, that it's in the place of our weakness, that's where you love to work most powerfully. So come, Holy Spirit, and use us in our weakness. Help us to resist the allure of uh, human power, especially uh, in our discipleship, especially uh, in our mission. And as we come to receive the bread and wine of communion in just a moment, Lord, we bring before you our weakness. And we remember that it was in your weakness, Lord, on the cross, your body broken, your blood poured out, that you won the greatest victory for us and reconciled us with God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.